Welcome to the Orange Silicon Valley Bistro Cast, the podcast about what's new, what's coming, and what connects people in the world of tech. I'm Brian Warmoth, the content lead at Orange Silicon Valley. Today, our guests are Alexi Kitaroff, the president of the biometrics company IDR&D, and Gene Chen, the corporate partnership manager for Orange Fab here at Orange Silicon Valley. Alexei, you are the first guest from outside of Orange Silicon Valley who we have had on this podcast. So welcome and thank you for helping us to explore some new territory here. Well, thank you very much for having me. And it's quite a pressure that you're putting on me right now. <laughs> well, we're excited to have your perspective on here. Could you maybe start off by telling me at a high level, what does IDR&D do? IDR&D is a biometric vendor that develops uh, new capabilities around authentication and uh, biometrics. Mm -hmm. We look at all aspects of all of security and and user experience. The idea behind the company is to um, push the core science of all biometric forward to allow new levels of security and ease when it comes to authentication. Mm -hmm. We think that we have this crazy idea that people don't like to do authentication. This is really you're telling part. me people don't like remember, remembering passwords, long list of passwords. <laughs> that's that's really. what I hear. Um, so I can be convinced. So so what we so our idea of the best user experience for authentication is no user experience. Mm-hmm. So um, and the reason why this is not widely available right now is, is, is because the core technologies are not yet able to support this use case. And that's and where... what does that yeah. bridge look like that you're trying to cross right there to getting to a seamless user experience where I don't even realize I'm being authenticated and what technology is required to make that happen? So we're, so, so we're looking at a number of different t- t- technologies here um, where this uh, type of user experience is possible. So first, so first of all, it's the it's voice biometrics. You know how voice is taking the entire way of people interacting with technology and, and, cha- and changing it in a way that uh, makes it so much more natural because that's how people in the interact with, with each other. We communicate. Mm-hmm. And voice and conversational e interface allows us to communicate and, um, and 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 get things done in a way that's the most convenient to us. And a voice uh, is unique this way be, because voice can uh, uniquely can can um, allow us to to the both to convey a certain meaning, mm-hmm. to to convey a certain intent and to allow us to do authentication at the same time. So, so what we do is we, is we develop core voice biometric technologies, both text-dependent, text-independent. We also look very carefully at kind of the, um, the idea of the biometric securities. When we look, at to, uh, look into authentication, uh, we believe that uh, a, a good biometric technology must answer not one, but two questions. Mm-hmm. Is this the right person? Mm-hmm. And then, is this a person? Yeah. Because As opposed to somebody playing a recording of somebody speaking or doing something else to imitate a person exactly. and provide a false exactly. means of credentialing. So we have the capability. So, so, so every time we do the, bi- the biometric authentication, we first run the analysis: is this the same person? Mm-hmm. And then we look into the uh, and then we look into whether it's a spoofing uh, a, a attack. And when it comes to voice, there are a number of ways to do it. You know, you can use the recording, you can use the computer-generated speech, and the capabilities 
of the technology to create new new human speech that sounds like someone else uh, is getting better and better. So it's a constant race uh, where where we were chasing the the new advancement in the in the speech technology to 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 make sure that we can bring this um, uh, e, e into our authentication experience. And then uh, we 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 also bring some of the unique unique capabilities with the behavioral biometrics with the yeah. liveness in the uh, in the uh, in the facial recognition mm-hmm. space to allow the seamless experience uh, where you can talk to your bank you can talk to your financial in the institution you can chat yeah. with it you know uh, and um, Communicate in the same way that they have to do with your friends and family, but uh, in a completely see in a yeah. completely secure way. So, so, is it fair to say you're looking at primarily voice authentication, but there really is a family of other aspects, whether visual or otherwise, that are that are in this family of biometrics that yes. you are actually actively working in. That is correct. Yeah. So, uh, we we're looking at um, at the at the concept of free on the, of the concept of frictionless authentication. Mm-hmm. And and we're trying to bring it uh, to life. Yeah. And then we and 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 then uh, we develop core technologies where existing technologies do not allow this vision to happen. And I that's see. that's for instance how we got into the facial liveness because yeah. in some of the products that we the the that we develop, we like to combine the, the different biometric modalities. And mm-hmm. when we use for for instance voice and face, it's a natural feed because mm-hmm. if you're looking at something on the screen and if you're communicating with with the mobile application, we can collect both voice and face at the same yeah. time. Like if I meet a person yeah. on the street, I yeah. hear their voice, yeah. I see their facial yeah. expression I see their face. I might see their body language. There are different ways that I interpret somebody's presence to say, "Oh, this is this person." And that's exactly yeah. what we do on behalf of the, you know, banks and the enterprises yeah. that use this type of technology. Could you maybe tell me a little bit about how you got interested in that? What was your point of entry? Did you come to this through a security interest? Did you come to this through a biometrics interest? Or I came mostly yeah. through the um, voice, uh, yeah. vo- voice aspect. I've been involved in the. Um, in the voice e industry for over 10 12 years now yeah um it's a long time <laughs> it's a long time it's scary yeah. to think about it but yeah. um but what excites me the most is that how quickly this technology is moving how new capabilities are, are constantly being introduced how new new experiences that um that we can make happen mm-hmm. um what have been the breakthroughs technology wise that have enabled new levels of Quality in terms yeah. of what you, what you can do. So, um, well, the short answer is AI. AI. Right? So, yeah. um, so, so, so that allowed for a huge breakthrough in 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 the way that you know that the, 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 the these technologies are um, um, are 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 developed. So, where does AI connect with that? <clears throat> yeah. Well, it just it, it just we're getting uh, kind of new new type of algorithms that are. AI based mm-hmm. and 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 they allow us to uh, to work uh, to provide the more 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 accurate authentication high, mm-hmm. so high accuracy on authentication side on the on the anti spoofing side one of the kind of the new the uh, bring new features um, kind of um, they, they that we can work with I'll give you an example how fast this thing's moving just a couple, just a year ago. If we if we're doing a text independent voice biometrics, which means that we use just the free speech like 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 you're talking to mm-hmm. me right now, 
uh, a typical uh, e algorithm would require about 10, se 10 seconds of speech to make a determination if it's the right person. Right now, we're talking a couple of seconds, which means that uh, when we're interacting with the IoT devices, when we're interacting with, uh, we, with the IVRs, with the mobile platform, we typically speak in fairly short phrases. So mm -hmm. even a year ago, it would be stretched to use this type of technology for those type of interactions. Now it's a reality. Mm -hmm. And is there a goal to make it faster? Is there like a target? Two seconds, it's much shorter than 10 seconds. Where, where do you think things need to get to to make it frictionless? I think we're, we're getting into the frictionless territory, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's what really drives us. I think um, the advancement of AI, advancement of the core technology, advancement of the anti-spoofing, mm -hmm. which is really is a new, a new aspect, because you can have a great biometric, but if you, I can record your voice and play it, mm -hmm. and the system would recognize it, that makes the entire yeah. security setup. A key is only as good as yeah. how hard it is to copy that key. And right. thanks to this podcast, now the entire world has a sample of your voice. Yeah, so exactly. Create, you know? <laughs> so, it's true. So, 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 so it's not going to take much uh, to 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 uh, to use some special software and create a, you know a, a computer generated yeah. engine that sounds exactly like you. So. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so this is the, the, the new capability that we bring um, bring to the market, mm -hmm. and the, the core idea of IDRD is to be really subject matter experts, being the kind of scientific leaders in the space, and that's why, you know, when we when we uh, work in a particular space, uh, we we tend to be either the first in the world to introduce the these type of capabilities, like the, like with the passive facial liveness, mm -hmm. or we're the world leaders in the space, like the you know voice biometrics and in any in, in, in and anti-spoofing, where we participate in international benchmark evaluations and tend to lead the pack by, by quite a margin. I see. What, what can you tell me about the advantages of biometrics over these other things? I mean, I, I understand the friction of remembering passwords, and I, I understand that. Uh, what, is, it, is it because you have a fa this family of insights you can gain from a person that are so distinctive? Is that what makes it attractive as so, a fundamental answer? Yeah, so, so there are two key factors here. One is security, and the, and the other one is user experience. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, um, so, so there are essentially three ways how you can authenticate a person, mm -hmm. generally, based on um, what you have. Mm -hmm. That's your passport, or you know the uh, your your key to to your front door. Yeah, great great way to do it. But if I but if somebody steals the key from your front door, mm -hmm. now your your house is yeah. is open. The second way is by what you know. That's the passwords, right? So if you're typing the uh, the password, uh, uh, we can authenticate you. Again, the same problem. You know, if some if some if somebody gets to know your your password, you know, you're screwed. Yeah, and uh, and. And, and also, it's a terrible user experience because we probably all change passwords all the time because we can't remember them, and of they don't allow you to repeat them, and it's a complete nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third way is by who you are, and that's what the biometrics are. And um, and and from this purely security perspective, biometrics is 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 the, is the most secure way um, to do the authentication, be because it looks not of what you have or what you know, but you as a person. I see. That's the key. You um, you Brian is the key to all your accounts. Yeah. And uh, and then the problem is um, is how to make it not just secure but convenient. Mm -hmm. And again, and that's where our vision comes into play of 
frictionless authentication when there's actually no user experience. Mm-hmm. Because when you meet with your friends, uh, uh, you, you, you don't start the conversation saying, hi, Gene, can I see your driving license <laughs> just to make sure it's you? Right? Sometimes uh, with Gene. Sometimes <laughs> with Gene. But, uh, but when you try to uh, do something with your bank or... Uh, we, we, some of the you know websites or the companies they, they, that you're dealing with, every time you need to go through some type of authentication process, mm-hmm. and and our goal here is to use the advancement of the biometric uh, technology that we develop at IDR indeed to allow this frictionless experience. Yeah. So we bring this friend communication into the kind of into the technology world and into the uh, corporate world. I see. So are you primarily looking at enterprise applications there? Or, we, yeah, or are you looking at the home as well? Uh, yeah. We work, um, there are three types of customers that yeah. we work with. We work directly with some of the enterprises, mm-hmm. you know, like banks and financial institutions. We work with identity management and kind of in other companies that integrate all sorts of security measures. And then finally, we work with technology companies that integrate these capabilities you know, at a cheap level or yeah. at the level of the core products mm-hmm. where they uh, integrate them with their devices, um, you know, computers, mobile phones, smart smart homes, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. This is actually a good transition because I wanted to give Gene a chance to talk. Uh, so Gene uh, works with a lot of startups through our Fab Connect mm-hmm. program. <clears throat> Gene, can you tell me a little bit about how our ID, R&D's solution set fits into the Fab Connect Programs plans, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, Fab Connect, just a quick description mm-hmm. there. Fab Connect is our second iteration of Orange Fab, and I'd I'd say the main thing that we're here in San to, Francisco, here in San Francisco mm-hmm. specifically. Um, I think the main thing that we wanted to improve upon in Fab Connect is actually focusing on very specific early stage technologies um, of a particular variety. Mm-hmm. So, in, in the first case, for the first season of Fab Connect, uh, we were specifically focusing on artificial intelligence. And IoT, mm-hmm. um, and just by being a little bit more specific in terms of our focus area, uh, that allowed us to identify um, a more specific set of companies mm-hmm. uh, that can create value for Orange as well as Orange Enterprise customers. Mm-hmm. So, as far as the fit that we saw within the Fab Connect program specifically is, when you think about where Orange plays in the world, um, as far as services and the products that we're actually offering in the market, um, I would ask someone to think about how does voice um, actually impact or influence those products or services. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Orange's work within the smart home, uh, whether it's Orange's work around providing new kinds of financial services mm-hmm. uh, via mobile applications, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of interplay with where we see IDRD's tech mm-hmm. actually fitting in mm-hmm. with new novel services that Orange mm-hmm. is actually developing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second thing that I would actually add, um, it's not just Orange. So mm-hmm. one of the cool things about Fab Connect is we're actually using this accelerator program as a way to support Orange Enterprise customers. Um, and so we can go a lot deeper there, mm-hmm. but sure. long story short, <laughs> That's all right. there's a lot of co- yeah. companies out there that benefit from what IDR&D is doing. I see. And Alexei, how did you get involved with Fab Connect to begin with? We applied. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what interested you about the program and, and um, what interest do you about starting to work with an Orange program? Well, um, we're we see um, some some great opportunities here working with with Orange because Orange both uh, a very um, forward thinking technology company, mm-hmm. uh, but, it, but but it also is a is a great um, essentially com- community of companies. You know the the. Uh, um, 
if you look at the um, at all the companies that, that that Orange work with, you know mm-hmm. that creates a huge audience uh, for companies like Idea and D because mm-hmm. as a you know E as a startup, uh, one one of the key challenges is E is to be able to find the right partners mm-hmm. to get some face time to mm-hmm. have an opportunity to introduce your capabilities and introduce the competitive advantages that you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And um, Fab Connect, I think, is it. Provides this uh, this uh, this opportunity, and we were very excited to be part of it. You know, work both with Orange directly, and, and Orange, of course, is a you know is a huge company with mm-hmm. a lot of different um, business units and, and different needs. And, and our products can fit you know a lot of different uh, niches here, but also ha- have an opportunity to talk to the to to the customers and partners of Orange. And I can give you an example here. We participated in a, in a very interesting conference in in Paris in December of 2018, where mm-hmm. we had an opportunity to actually go and speak in front of the audience of uh, both, you know, uh, key 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 players internally at, at Orange and some of the uh, par- uh, partners of the company. And uh, we and out of that conference, we came out with some very exciting potential project that That's we're the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, we're working on right now. So it's not just an opportunity to go and talk. It's an opportunity to make those connections, get the traction, and mm-hmm. then and then turn it into, 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 into actual de- deployments of the technology. I would say one of the main things that I would add, just from Orange Silicon Valley's perspective, not mm-hmm. even talking about the accelerator, uh, but really our mission here in San Francisco is to identify new technologies and services that can't just benefit Orange, but mm-hmm. also benefit Orange's uh, customer base. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from the founder perspective, uh, the startup founder perspective, I think one of the main things that we're trying to unlock is if you're a Silicon Valley founder, um, I feel like the main reason you should be speaking to a large multinational mm-hmm. like Orange is to identify uh, new opportunities um, mm-hmm. in markets that you might not be familiar with. And I feel like that's one of the big resources uh, that the Accelerator program is trying to bring to bear. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I want to take a minute here, too, because this gets into our next big event that's coming up in June, which is the Silicon, Silicon Valley Executive Summit, sure, sure. Uh, which is a highlight of the year for our entire family of startups and corporate partners that come through the FAB program and, and work with us here. Absolutely. Uh, Gene, how's that coming together, and what can you say about the current agenda there? Yeah, um, I would say it's coming together and it's looking <laughs> good. Um, yeah. I think the the great thing about the uh, the uh, the Silicon Valley Executive Summit that we have coming up at the end of June um, is that the topics are actually extremely diverse. Uh, mm-hmm. When you think about what Orange is interested in from a connectivity perspective, mm-hmm. um, connectivity is actually the enabler uh, for a lot of different markets and services. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, um, what we can promise is that the event is going to be very diverse mm-hmm. um, as far as the technology topics that it covers. Uh, of course, we'd love to see Alexi there yeah. participating <laughs> in as many of those sessions as possible. Cool. But uh, I guess it's kind of the inverse, where last time we sent Alexi to Paris, uh, this time we're going to bring Paris to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the audience itself is going to be very international, um, out of maybe 80 to 100 attendees, uh, easily 30 to 40 percent are mm-hmm. going to be attending from Europe. So mm-hmm. in that sense, it's a great networking opportunity. Um, it's a great opportunity for us uh, just to bring together our international community. I see. Well, and if anybody wants to know more about that, I'm sure they can head to the orangefab.com site and look at the Fab Connect section for startups um, off the front there. And Gene would be happy to provide a lot more information on that front. Absolutely. Um, Gene, who, who should reach out to you if they're interested in, in what Fab Connect is doing? Oh, man. Um, 
I would say if you are a large enterprise that's curious about frontier technologies that are really developing here in the Silicon Valley, um, if you're an early stage founder that's actually working in one of those areas and you're curious about international growth or expansion, um, and lastly, if you're an investor, if you're an investor that's executing seed investments in some of these topic areas, uh, we would love to get to know you and we'd love to introduce you to our network. Wonderful. Well, that's what we've got on the program here for today. Uh, Alexi, thanks again. Safe travels today. I know you've, you've got a big... Uh, are you going back to New York today? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that goes well for you. And thanks again for sitting down. Gene, thanks for joining us here in the Orange Fab Room of Orange Silicon Valley to record this podcast. Uh, I'm Brian Warmoth, the content lead at Orange Silicon Valley, and we will see you next time.